Welcome to the Valley View Podcast. My name is Caleb Chamberlain, and I'm the pastor here at Valley View Church. We are so grateful that you are joining our church family as we pursue the Lord's heart and His plan for all of us. It is our desire to grow, and we are excited that you get to join us in this adventure. So grab your Bible and prepare your heart to seek God's face and all that He has in store. But again, like we're not making, going out, going to all the world to make babies of all nations. It's like, that would be a terrible model because we could do that. And we, sometimes we do, we do that. We make babies of all nations and then they stay there. And we're like, man, what happened? Well, like we forgot to make disciples who know how to read the word, who've been trained to have a desire for the word, not beat him over the head with the word. Just say, look, look at it. What does it say? Ask them. The joy that's set before them. Like, just this, isn't this beautiful? What is it saying to you? Ask Holy Spirit. Pray. Dialogue. Write it down. We get to do that. We get to train each person to do this. We get to train individuals to know this. Uh, let's see here. Man, praise God. Yeah, we've been redeemed, right? We were redeemed for a purpose. We're not redeemed to just be like, okay, now we're saved. Now what? Because that would be just a weird beginning, though. He's like, I desire to make my home in you. I desire to fill you with my spirit. Acts 2, it talks about Peter's testimony. Again, he's like, I want to not only save you from your sins, but to also give you eternal life with me. Not eventually, right now, starting now, your eternity starts right now. That, to me, is a phenomenal thing to think about. Like, when your eternity starts right this second, forever, you're going to love Jesus forever. You're going to be with him. He's going to be with you. Man, he has been exalted to the right hand, and he pours out his spirit on all flesh. So we're going to talk about part two. I'm going to recap it a little bit. Um, so I'm going to fly through the first two points just to give a context, because I think some people weren't able to be here last uh, two weeks ago. And again, two weeks ago. That's a long time ago for some people. There's been a lot of things going on, a lot of changes. Um, but it's the impact of the indwelling Holy Spirit in the lives of every believer. We talked about point number one. The impact of the, of the indwelling Holy Spirit in the lives of every believer is phenomenal, right? He washes, he sanctifies, and he justifies us. It's when we confess with our mouths and believe in our hearts that through faith that he makes his home in you and I. He lives in us and he washes us, he sanctifies us, he justifies us, as it says in 1 Corinthians 6.11. You are washed you were sanctified, and you are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. Thank you, Jesus. We're made alive in Christ. We're made alive in the Spirit. We've been made, we who are dead in our sins have been made alive. He invades, he begins invading every part of our mind, will, and emotions. If we let him. I want to emphasize this. If we let him. It's important that I say that because someone was like, well, come on. Make me right, make me patient, make me gentle, make me kind. He's like, well, let me. Because some of us, again, like I remember that one prayer that nobody wants to pray, God, give me patience. Why is that such a bad thing to pray for? No, but that means he's faithful to give it. And that's where we get forget. we like, I don't want the trial. It's like, no, but I want the fruit. He's like, I want the fruit in your life. I want the patience, the gentleness. The self-control, the long-suffering, again, I need that. And it doesn't come through ease. It comes through trials. He cultivates that. He produces that in us, but praise God. But he, we have to let him. We have to let him do that. So we, he invades our mind, 
our thought life, everything we think, our will, our desires, our hopes, our plans, everything. He invades it. And our emotions, he's like, you know what? You're not a very patient person. And that's me. (laughs) You're a very angry person. I'm going to invade that. I'm going to touch your heart there. I'm going to meet you there with a little more gentleness, a little more long-suffering. I'm going to touch your heart and produce something in you that's of me. He's basically, in Galatians 5, 22 through 23, he's bringing up the nature, the very character of Jesus. He's saying, I want to make you look more like Jesus. But first it comes through that, again, that, that acronym we talked about, that trust. Right? T. Thank you. Giving him thanks. It says, give thanks in all things. Not sometimes, not when things are good. When things are bad, give thanks. Reign in me, Holy Spirit. Use me, Holy Spirit. Strengthen me, Holy Spirit. Teach me, Holy Spirit. It's that idea of giving him thanks, letting him take hold of every avenue of your life, and let him be, again, not just where he takes over, but now you could be used. Use me. For your glory. What are you going to use me for? I don't know what it's going to be. It doesn't have to be big platforms. It doesn't have to be, it could be anything. Just use me and strengthen me because I'm going to need that strengthening to do what you're called me to do. I can't do this alone. And teach me because I, again, praise God for teachable hearts. Man, God can do so much with a teachable heart. He can't do anything with pride. He can't. He can't work in pride, but he can work with the teachable. Those who are lowly, those who submit to him. And again, praise God, Holy Spirit frees us from sin, which leads to death, Romans 6, 22 through 23. You've been free, set free from sin. You've become slaves of God. And the benefit you're reaping leads to holiness. The result is eternal life. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Jesus Christ, our Lord. Praise God. Point number two, what takes place when the Holy Spirit comes and dwelling in us is very important to the life of the believer. This is important. I know we've, we've gone over this, but the reality is we've lived in a place, this is a culture where many of us are living biblically ignorant and bankrupt. We're living way below the poverty line of what God desires for us. I talked about my credit card, we were joking about like if I gave my credit card to Keith, what would happen? Like, you don't know how much money I got. But the reality is we live in this concept that God is limited. He doesn't give. And like I, we can never know him. We can never understand him. It's like, no, but the reality is we have the Holy Spirit living in us who goes and searches the deep things of God. We have inve- unmeasurable love, immeasurable understanding of his un- wisdom and, and knowledge. We understand we can have the mind of Christ. We can have the mind of Christ. That's crazy to think about, but this reality but when we realize what was available to us, what happens? What happens when we understand what's available through the Holy Spirit? That the impact of the Holy Spirit is the only thing. It's like, okay, God, this is the most important thing. Your impact, you're shifting my perspective, you're changing me. We go from being biblically ignorant into un- to knowing what he has in store for us. It's unnecessary for us to remain biblically ignorant of what is available, of what's possible. Again, Paul's prayer, he prayed for us. I'm not going to put it on there, but you have it as a reference. Ephesians 1, he prays for the eyes of our heart to be enlightened, that we would know the hope and the riches of his glory. And in Colossians 9 or 1, we read this uh, last Friday. It was really good. It was, we read through it, but we read th- through a lot of it. But we read through that we would walk in a manner, manner worthy of the Lord, to please him in every way that we would bear fruit, fruit of the Spirit, and increase in our understanding, our experiential knowledge 
of God. He wants us to not only know what we're called to be, but to walk it out. To please him in every way, to bear fruit. Again, he's not calling us to live half-hearted. He's calling us to live wholehearted. A manner that's worthy of the Lord. That's a high manner. That's a high standard. But walk in it. Can you do it? No. Not in your own strength. Through the Holy Spirit. Because the Spirit's going to produce fruit to be able to help us understand it. And to help us to walk this out. Man, knowing what the Bible promises us, this is so important. I think we talked about this last time, but the, more, the most important thing is to know the word, to know what he promises us, because if we know it and we understand what Holy Spirit's wanting to do, how to, we can cooperate with the Holy Spirit instead of hindering his work. That's an issue. A lot of us are like, I don't think he works this way. And it says, well, let me read this here. I don't think he gives us trials. I'm like, well, I'm going to look at the word for a minute. I don't think God would make things so hard or tough. Why people hate me? Why people can't? The word. Oh, okay. It's going to be divisive. It's not going to be easy. He didn't promise us that. He didn't promise us exponential wealth. He didn't promise us these things. He promises that he'd be faithful. So if we read the word, we'll be able to not be surprised or caught off guard and get discouraged. So like, what he's doing is like, okay, first of all, when trials come, it's not because I'm just nasty and wretched because he just doesn't like me. He's just cruel. And it's like, no, God is kind. It's why he produces, he's like, I long to produce patience in you, gentleness in you, something that would never be obtained if I didn't stretch you a little bit, if I didn't put you in the fire a little bit, drawing things that are out of you, producing something in you. He is doing this. And when we cooperate with the Holy Spirit of God, we get to reap his benefits. We get to see it and we allow him to work in us. And we can be in agreement with him. Having a clear picture of what we can expect Holy Spirit to be doing and desires to produce in us is fundamental in cooperation. Because God's greatest desire is to make his home in us. He gives us the greatest gift, the gift of his presence. And which leads us into the point number three. He gives us the gift. He gives us his presence. God makes his home in us. Just think about that for a minute. I think we move fat too fast. And I, talk, and I talk too fast. That's the first problem. But we move too fast beyond that understanding. God makes his home. God's desire is that he could make his home in us. John 14, verse 20 and verse 23. On that day, you will realize that I am, I am in the Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. I'm going to be in you. I'm going to be in your heart. In verse 23, it's talking about he's, Jesus sharing that he is in the Father. We're in him. He is in us. He's desiring that. Verse 23 says, if anyone who loves me will obey my teaching, they're going to obey me because they love me. They'll love what I'm doing. It's not me beating them overhead and saying, do this, do this. It's like, no, you'll love what I want to do. You'll be in agreement with what I want to do. And my Father will love them. And we will come to them and make our home with them. We're going to experience, if we love him, we're going to obey him. Does that make sense? I mean, we get our, we, we've all had our kids in our life where we're like, okay, and we've had kids around us, we're like, okay, if you love what we're trying to do here, would you just obey me, please? You know, do you, do you love me? Like, again, like, as little kids, it's kind of hard, but then, you know, you get teenagers and you get, they get a little more rebellious. It's like, but no, do you love me? Because you'll just do what I want to do. You'll want to walk with me. You'll just want to do, come alongside me. And do the things I want to do, not because I'm harboring, just 
knocking on your door, banging on your door, bugging you all the time. Like, no, he's like, I want to do things with you because I love you. I love being around you. Additionally, we're going to experience, when we do that, we're going to experience the Father's love and the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, will make, they're going to make their home with us. Man, thank you, Lord. Isn't it incredible? I think about this. They're going to make your home, their home in you. And you're the one, create, you're the one creature, the one created being. You are the created being. Now look at you, Tony, because like, this is you, dude. This is you who you've been created to be. You're created to inhabit the presence of God. You are. Each one of us is. That's cool. Like, animals don't get this. There's nothing in all creation except us, humans. We've been created for a dwelling place. We're in the dwelling place of God. Again, the God of all creation, who spoke the stars into existence, who, who knows where the storehouses of snow reside, says in Job, he's the one and who he wants to be with you. He wants to be in you. He wants the one, it says in John 1, 3, the one in whom all things were made. Through him, all things were made. Without him, nothing that was made has been made. Acts 17, 28, it says, in him we live and we move and we have our being, as some of your poets have said. We are his offspring. And even, I was, I was inspired on Friday, so you won't have it on here, but Colossians, write this down. Colossians 1, 16 through 17. I, I, I was inspired on Friday night. I was just reading through, and we were talking through stuff, and I was like, oh man, yes. Yes, Lord. For in, we have, for in him we have all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. This is the one that resides, desires to reside and make his home in us. Again, the same God, the same God that shakes the heavens, that's made his earth his footstool, wants to make his home in us. Again, Psalm 113, 5 through 6, this is, I think, oh, there it is. Who is like the Lord our God, the one who sits enthroned on high, who stoops down to look on the heavens and on the earth. Not only the heavens, but on the earth, it's just a little lower. He's like, I'm stooping down to look and to behold what's there. This is the magnificent, mighty God who reigns forever and ever, who literally has to stoop down to look at us, to behold us, to be with us. The same God that says in Isaiah 57, 15, he who lives forever, whose name is holy, I live in a high and holy place, but also, I live in a high and holy place, right? But also with the one who is contrite and lowly in spirit, to revive the spirit of the lowly, to revive the heart of the contrite. That is you and I, the ones who are humble and lowly in spirit, repentant, He's like, I can have, God of all creation longs to dwell with you and me. Who's, again, if, if we have a contrite heart or a repentant heart and humble spirit, he's willing to live with us and to inhabit us. He desires us. Isaiah 66, one through two, those who are poor and repentant. He says, heaven is my throne and the earth is my footstool. Where is the house you will build for me? Where will my resting place be? Has not my hand made all these things? And so they came into being, declares the Lord. These are the ones I look on with favor. Those who are humble, contrite in spirit or repentant in spirit, and who tremble at my word. Who tremble at my word. How often do we tremble at his word? When we hear it, when we receive it, we're like, oh God, is this true? And if this is true, 
Do I honor your word as if it's above all else? Unshakable, trembling, lowly in heart, like, Lord, this is who you've called me to be. This is who you are on your throne. You desire to live in me. We should tremble a little bit more. He blesses those who are trembling. Those who tremble at his word, he wants to be with. Man, praise God. But the reality is like, who's going to make a home for me? Let us make a home for him. Man, praise God. This is the God who desires relationship with you and I. He longs to give us the Holy Spirit. The God who made all things desires to make his home in you and I. And when you begin to think about this again, like how is this possible, right? How is this possible? Okay, because we talked about, I love Barb, Barb and Fred really fleshed it out because I think we're talking about like, how does the Holy Spirit give it? Is it, in, you know, is it measure or is it like, like an onion? or like, like, like no, he gives us as himself. He gives all of himself to us. He's a person. He doesn't give his arm. <laughs> you know, he gives him himself. Um, but really, how is that possible? The God of all creation who's doing this, who comes down, he's not limiting himself. We have the fullness of God. How does he do that? And my favorite um, example was like a sponge in the ocean. If, if you threw a sponge in the ocean, is the ocean in the sponge or the, is the sponge in the ocean? The answer is yes. <laughs> it's both. He gives us the fullness of himself, but yet he doesn't limit himself. He is everywhere, and yet we're filled with him. We are filled with the fullness of God. We live and we move and we have our being within God, but he also is in us. This is our desire. And it's echoed in Jesus' prayer in John 17. Right? John 17, 24 through 26. We're going to break that down in these points. He talks about four desires that he has in these, just these short three verses, or, well, two verses, three verses. Um, I'm just going to read this through. It says, Father, I want those you've given me to be with me where I am and to see my glory, the glory you've given me because you loved me before the creation of the world. Righteous Father, though the world does not know you, I know you, and they know that you've sent me. I have made known to them. I have made you known to them, and you will continue and will continue to make you known in order that the love you have for me may be in them, and that I myself may be in them. So we're going to break this down. He has four desires. First of all, I want those you've given me to be with me where I am. Be with me. I want you to be with me. I want them to be with me. I want you to be where I am. I want you to engage with me and be in relationship with me. Not passive. Engaged in relationship. Talking. Connecting with my heart. And not only that, I want them to see me. I want them to see. I want them to see my glory. Again, we talk about Revelation 4 and 5. That's a wild passage of scripture. It's like, what is this? Who is this that we see? The angels are crying out, holy, holy. Again, we catch just a little glimpse. We have four living creatures crying out, holy, holy, holy. The 24 elders are crying out, you are worthy, Lord. They're throwing their, their crowns before him like, Lord, you are worthy. They're falling on their face. And then it talks about in chapter 5, there's numerous angels crying out, worthy is the lamb. Worthy is the lamb. It's because he is worthy and Jesus wants us to see it. He's not proud. And I think this is one thing. It's like, we're not looking at him like he's like boasting anything. He's like, no, I just want you to see me for exactly who I am. You've only seen me this, 
I want you to see all of who I am and all that I have in store. Again, like it's a good thing for us to see God for who he is. I want you to see me, to see my glory and, and point, uh, love me. I want you to love me. I want you to, again, he's not begging. He's not a beggar. He has people who love him. There's adoration. He's like, I want you to come in and engage with my heart. Love me. That the love you have for me may be in them. I want you to love me and that my love can be in them. It could just keep circling. We, he love, we love him not because he, we loved him first, but he loved us first, right? We love him because he loves us and that love that keeps coming out. He's like, I want your, my love to be in you and that love to exude and come back out. I want the fullness of your love. God, he's talking about the Father's love. He's like, I want, your, I want them to be filled with the Father's love. I want the fullness of his love, your love, Father, to be in them, to fill them. I want you to, them to encounter the immeasurable love that can't be comprehended. I want them to be filled with your love and then love me in return. And I want my home to be in you. That's, that I, might, I myself may be in them. My home in you. Again, I said this before, but there's something deeper than his desire to be with us. We talk about like, it's his greatest gift, his presence, right? The gift of his presence. He's like, no, there's a greater desire than just to be with you. He says, it's better that I go. Why? Because he was with them. Why? We think Jesus being with us is the greatest thing. He's like, no, there's a greater thing. It's to be in you. Love desires union, oneness. The most intimate thing that God can do is give you himself. Okay, I'm going to say that again because I, I think that's something that we need to hear. The most intimate thing that God can do is to give you himself. 1 Corinthians uh, 2, 9 through 10 shows us that God longs to give us the deepest things of himself. Maybe it's not on here. Okay, it's not on there. I'm going to read it out anyway. This has been the passage that's been touching my heart. I've been focused on it for the last months. Um, but it's a powerful passage. No eye has seen, no, what no ear has heard, what no human mind has conceived, the things God has prepared for those who love him. These are the deep things. These are the things God has revealed to us by his spirit. The spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. Now, we read that, we're like, okay, cool. No, but he gives us Everything like in a relationship, there are things we probably keep compartmentalized. Would you agree? Have you ever done that before? You're like, I don't share every everything. I share most of the things, and there's might be like, if I said this, might might look make me look a little foolish to the other person. Have we ever had those moments where like again, like maybe you've gotten past it, and that's awesome. But there's moments where you're like, you hit that level, like I don't know if I want to share this this part of me. Hold on, I'm raising my hand. Is I gotta see if there's okay. I just want to make sure. I'm like, okay, am I the only person? Like, I, you're making me feel a little nervous. There. Okay. <laughs> no, but the reality is, there is things. There's things that we hold back. There's things that we feel. There's things that we. It's just awkward bringing it up. It's like, okay, if I said the deepest thing of myself, this is the deepest desire. No bars held back. That's God giving us the deepest things of Himself giving us his spirit. He's like, I don't want you to have the surface things of me anymore. I'm giving you the Holy Spirit so you can say, show me the deepest things. And he's like, okay, hold on. 
I'm going to search, I'm going to dig it up, and I'm going to present it to you. He's going to give us the deepest things of himself. And if you're like, I haven't experienced that, hang on. That, it, it requires relationship. It requires humility. It requires surrender. It requires time. It requires intimacy, vulnerability. It requires sitting before his throne and saying nothing except, Jesus, you're worthy. You're worthy. Teach me, God. I don't know anything. Reign in my heart. That trust, going back to, Lord, thank you that I'm here. I get to be in your presence. And not only that, but you, you reside in my, my inner being. Strengthen me. Use me. Teach me. I want to know the deep things of you. And he's like, okay. If you're ready, I'm ready. I've been ready. I've longed for this. He is waiting. He's not waiting for us to be perfect. He's waiting us for to be ready and to be vulnerable. Okay, so even marriage. Okay, so marriage, right? It's the most intimate relationship you can imagine or picture, right? Would you agree? I mean, I, can you picture even more intimate relationship anywhere else? Again, like I, I know we're talking about this, but in physical life and in human history, have you ever known a more intimate relationship? Okay, good. Okay, that's good. I just want to make sure, like, in case I'm missing something, I'm like, I might be missing something out there, but... No, but the reality is the most intimate relationship you and I could ever imagine is still an incomplete reflection of the love he has for us. It's still incomplete. Again, the best relationship, the best dynamic. And again, I love Michelle. She's my best friend. I talk with her. I connect with her. I share a lot of things. I share very big, vulnerable things. But here's the reality. I can't give something to her that only God can give me. I can't give Michelle my very essence, my spirit, right? Man, where there's hopes, there's feelings, there's dreams, there's thoughts. Again, we have these things and we speak them out, but we filter it. We filter it. We, we, maybe we were very honest, but, but the intention might be missed, right? Has that, have you ever been mis- misunderstood? <laughs> We do that all the time because we can only communicate as best as we can with our mouths, translated through our brains, things that are in our hearts. We translate it out and it comes out misunderstood at the best. Sometimes it just happens. But the reality is God gives us his Holy Spirit, this very essence. Again, the most I can give my wife is my love, my thoughts, my service. I, there's things I can give her, but I can't give my spirit to her. I can't, and you can't, we can't give our spirit to one another. There's always going to be those things where we, there's, the, there's that almost, if you could almost understand everything about me, but God gives, desires to give us his spirit, which is the greatest intimacy you and I will ever know. Right? In the context of that 1 Corinthians 2, that no eye is here, heard, no, again, like that, he's wanting to search the deep things and give us the deep things. Right? With the Holy Spirit, we can experience the deep thoughts of God. We can experience the feelings he has, the joy. Man, have you ever experienced the joy of the Lord in your heart? That's him. It's not you. It's him. And this joy that comes, his peace that comes, his hope that comes, his, his love, his kindness that just blows in and comes in and, and overwhelms you. Again, that doesn't come through our own ability. It comes from God, and he's giving us himself. We're experiencing the most intimate thing that God can give us and that we could ever receive. His thoughts, his love, his joy, his peace, his purpose.
Man, what he desires to do, do in each one of us. The reality is he is the third person of the Trinity. I know I've said that before, but he's a person. He's not an essence. He's a person. He's a person, and we have him in us. It's through the Holy Spirit that we experience the eternal love of the Trinity. We get to experience the love of God, the Father, and the Son. We get to experience that through the Holy Spirit, right? He, it talks about it, and we'll talk about it probably more, because he comforts us, he, he teaches us, he helps us, he guides us, convicts us. He speaks to us, and he sends us, he inspires us, right? He does all these things. And like a person, he can be grieved. He can be lied to, and he can be resisted. He's a person. He is God in you. And the desire of our heart is not to grieve the Holy Spirit, right? We talked about it. We don't want to grieve the Holy Spirit. We want to be honest. We want to be, of all the, thing, of all the things God said, he's like, this is an open way to commune with you, to commune with me, my heart. And that, that was, again, I always talk about this prayer life that shifted my whole rest of my life was when I prayed. It was not a great prayer. It was a very vulnerable prayer. It was not a very Christian prayer. <laughs> if for people heard me, they would have thought I was insane. And they said, what's wrong with you? And where are you? Are you driving to the prayer room? I think you need God. <laughs> you know, like the reality is, yes, I need God. I prayed and I was very vulnerable. I was like, God, I long for these things. It's like, finally, you're open to me. You're receptive to what I want. And now I can speak to you. I can commune with you. I can be with you. I can, I can share revelation. I can share the deep things of me. And again, as we were sitting in Friday Night Life group, that same revelation I got that later that day in the prayer room, the Psalm 27 revelation is still hitting me today. It's still hitting me today. Friday, I was, I was touched by that. I was touched by the revelation he gave me, but that's the reality. He wants to make his home in us, but we have to be vulnerable. We have to be willing and say, acknowledge that, yes, first of all, you want to make your home in me. How can I allow that to be better? How can I engage with that? How can I be receptive to that? Holy Spirit is a person. He lives in us. God brought his presence to us and he makes his home in us by the Holy Spirit. He is giving us the deepest, sweetest, most intimate thing you'll ever know. Man, thank you, Lord. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you. We thank you for your Holy Spirit. God, we just thank you that you give us not part of yourself, but all of yourself. You're not limiting yourself to us. God, it's us that is limiting you and us. We're closing you off. We're isolating you, We're saying not here, not there. Lord, we want to be willing, and it's scary when we don't understand what you have in store for us. But Father, when we understand that you have the better things, the greater things, the things that we can't even imagine, the greatest imagination we can come up with. Again, this includes all of kids' wild imaginations. God, we could never imagine the greatness, the fullness of what you have in store for us. God, when we walk in fear, we miss out. When we don't allow you to reign in our hearts, 
God, we hold it for ourselves. We hold these little small things. And God, you long to do great things. Father, first of all, we thank you that you send us yourself, that you are willing to be with us, that you desire to be in us and to move and stir and to shape us and change us and to renew us into the image of Jesus, to look more like him. But Father, we ask that you help us to walk in repentance, walk in unity with your spirit, walk in step where we're repentant, where we say, God, sorry, I am so sorry where I've held back, where I've said, no, I, I, I can't trust you with this. I'm scared. I don't know what you're going to do with this. God, we ask you to reign in every facet of our life. And Lord, use us. God, we are not saved, redeemed for eternal life to just sit here and be passive. You've called us to be used by you to establish your kingdom here on earth, just like it is in heaven. Like, Lord, we want, we want to see it looking more like heaven here. And Father, we ask that you would strengthen us. God, thank you. Thank you that we can acknowledge where we have been weak, we've been hanging on to these things and we're yielding to you. But now, Lord, we need you to strengthen us. Because we can't do this on our own. We can't walk this out alone. We need you, God. We need you to strengthen us, to behold your love. Because if we're rooted and established in your love, and we know that it's through your love, the lens of love, that everything you do is out of love, that when we are going through trials, and when we're going through hardships, and we're going through heartache, God, that your love surpasses our own understanding. And it overwhelms us, and establishes us, and it keeps us rooted, and we don't move away from that. We don't get thrown to and fro and things come and things go and war, rumors of war are, are spoken. God, we're not moved. We're rooted. We're established in your love. So Father, we repent where we've walked in the opposite spirit of this, where we walked in the spirit that is not of you. Strengthen us. And God, give us ears to hear so we can be teachable. Humility. God, give us a heart of humility to be teachable, to receive from you and say, God, if you said it, I believe it, and I'm going to walk this out. Use me, teach me, strengthen me, reign in me. Thank you, Holy Spirit. It's in your precious name we pray. Amen. Amen.